All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into this super bonus awesome weekend recap episode of the At Real Gabe Anders Show exclusively on Facebook Live. Richie, we're at the tail end. Was how how was this weekend? Did it live up to our expectations going in? What do you think? I'd say it lived up to my expectations to a T, man. Like this was exactly what I wanted. You're catching me fully gassed, fully excited, fully ready to go. This is this is a good weekend of football. Man, this was this was nuts. This was insane. Um, we had football, we had wrestling, we had Tom Brady retiring, then not retiring, and then retiring, and then not retiring. And then but he definitely retiring? is not retired, and then he retired again, but, right? I think. But retired, but not retired. And then I'm going to laugh if uh, Brady goes one extra season just because he didn't get to announce his own retirement. I get the feeling that he will. I get the feeling that he's just kind of like, oh, you don't tell me when I retire. I tell me when I retire. But it's almost a, it's not quite, I know it's a little bit different, but isn't it almost quite uh, like feeling a little Brett Favre-esque? Oh, yeah. At this point? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because like. I know, I know it was a little different because if I'm remembering correctly and remind, because I think you were old enough to to recall, but like, I think wasn't a, with Brett Favre, he wanted out, right? Is kind of his deal. He was wanting to get out of Green Bay. And so that's why he retired, what? Retired went to the Jets, retired went to Minnesota, basically. So, but with Tom Brady, it's a little bit different because I think he just wants to play and keep playing and keep winning, not doing it this year. But I thought it was a little interesting I almost felt like it was a PR stunt since nobody was obviously going to be talking about Tom Brady since he was out of it, right? Within 24 hours of the last the championship games occurring that this sort of comes out. I don't yeah. know. Seems a little interesting to me. I mean, if I was a Kardashian and wanting to stay in the news. Just saying. I don't know. What... <laughs> What were your th- like? What did you think? You think am I am I, out of, am I out of line with this line of thinking, or do you think this might be what we see is going on there? I mean, I think I don't know. Like it's the whole thing is it was his official Twitter or not his, but his brand Twitter, right? So like you see that, and then you see him walk it back, and then you see the tweet get deleted, and then you see. Now we just don't know. And I, I I think it was just a premature reaction to him maybe discussing it with his team. I don't know. It's there's it's just too confusing. Yeah, well, I mean it was the it was the morning or the afternoon when you sent it over. It was, to it was me, the right? morning. It was the morning, yeah. I, I texted you as soon as I saw it come across the wire, and that was like nine or ten in the morning. Uh-huh. So figure twelve his time. Right. Well, to me it almost it, it kind of almost feels like he was just having drinks at the bar the night before, and he probably confided in someone is what it sounds like. And they raced to be like, oh, put it on the Twitter tomorrow, Tom. And he's like, oh, no, wait, don't do that. Uh, whatever. Like, <laughs> and then they're just like, it's been so great knowing you, Tom. He's like, whoa, bro. Like I said, I might. I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I was at the bar. We were having drinks. I threw the, I threw, I threw the Lombardi trophy again to you across three boats. Like. I can't go tweeting stuff when I'm drinking because I feel like I feel like and this is this is more I have I have nothing to base this off of but it seems like 
are the libations flowing a little more freely? Do you think with Tampa, Tom and Tampa and Tom, Tom and Tampa? Oh yeah, they were in he doesn't have as strict of a of a of a thumb over him. I think is the mm. big thing because with um with the Belichick dynasty, I think that that was a lot more constrained for him uh. compared to now, where it's like. I think under Arians, he gets to do more of what he wants. And I, I don't think, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that, that this had anything to do with that. I honestly think he's probably going to retire. Like I, I, what does he have left to do? Um, what other than one? just staying to piss, to piss people off, but why? And, and can't he really now? Why did he win this here's, last here's one? The thing. Like I uh, was just about to tell you, here's the thing. He's not the best quarterback in the league anymore. By and he's, I wouldn't even say he's the second, third, or even fourth best quarterback in the league anymore. I would say you, you have Joe Burrow, who's better than him, you have Josh Allen, who's better than him, you have Patrick Mahomes, who's better than him. And I would honestly, after tonight, even say you have Matthew Stafford, who at this point, oh, in his now career you're, is you're starting with the ridiculousness no, let me, right let away. Me finish. Let me finish. I'll hear you out because he's going to the Super Bowl. I'll hear let you out. Let me finish. I'm saying at this point in his career, at his current skill level, just using the 2020, uh, 2021-2022 season as a benchmark, if you look at Matthew Stafford this year and Tom Brady this year, you can't tell me, especially after them going head-to-head, you can't tell me that mm, Tom Brady is currently better than Matthew Stafford currently at their current level of play i still can i can i can absolutely Ah, still make the argument i think that that sunday stafford was the better man and came out with a victory i currently think i think you can barely squeeze tom brady into the top five but even then like current i'm not talking all time i'm talking current right yeah even if you go down to just this postseason right well, I mean, I, I think don't know. That I don't think you can go he down. He still to just... cracks the top five, but I don't think no matter what team he goes to anymore, I don't think he has the ability to carry a team to the Super Bowl past these other young quarterbacks. I think that's what I'm getting at here is before, even up until two years ago, he had the ability to get past any other quarterback in the league and to get past any other team in the league. And I think now with teams out there like the Rams, like the Chiefs, like the Bills, like the Bengals, and I could even go further down the list and list some other teams that are on the outside looking in at greatness. I could even say the Chargers. You have all these teams that are on the outside looking in of greatness that I don't think Tom Brady can just Tom Brady his way past anymore because that's what he's done his whole career. Is He's just Tom Brady his way past these other teams because he's Tom Brady. And I don't think he has the ability to do that anymore. So I don't think there's any point in him staying just to try to win another one when he can't do it the way he's always done it. I think that's a fair statement, and I I don't know, man. See where I where where I sort of fall on it though is like he ha- you know he had off years in the in, with the Patriots. He had years he didn't make the Super Bowl with the Patriots. I think he still had a deep run. I think a few. I I think too. I think Stafford doesn't make that connection to to Cooper Cup in the chan- in the divisional round. I think we're having a completely different conversation right now. Yeah. Is that fair? Like, and and lo, and you know the one statement that can be made, right? Are you saying well, it if did. you put Tom Brady with this Rams team? No, I'm saying that Stafford doesn't connect to Cooper Cup to set up the game-winning field goal. Oh, and we're the not Buccaneers even. We're not even that saying game. that. We're not even saying that. Like that's 
the thing is, you. Well, no, I it, think the I know. I think that the perspective changes if we're sitting and instead of the Rams hoisting the I know, see I'm, I I know the what's the NFC one the AFC is the Lamar Hunt Trophy. What's the NFC? Do you remember? I I don't. Remember. I can't recall it either. But say say it's Tom Brady in Tampa having defeated the Niners or whoever, right? And that one thing changes. I think now the perspective changes because it's easy now that he's out of the playoffs to say like, I don't think he's got it anymore. But had just that one thing changed, Mm, are we having a different conversation? Would you still defend? Well, I know you would. No, here's the thing. I don't think think this Tom Brady, this team, I don't think this Buccaneers team would have beat this Niners team. I think that's fair too. I think because I don't, and and then I think we would be having the same conversation we're having right now, just next week. Because I, 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 my opinion would still stand, and I would still say, even if that catch didn't connect last week, I'd still say Stafford at this point in his career is currently a better quarterback than Brady. I think mm, that one's still a tough one. See, I, I still. Based off of, see, and I still don't view Stafford as that top elite quarterback. But why? Yet. Why? Why do you not? That that's that. I guess is where I'm stuck. Is how do you not see him at that after today's performance, after last week's performance, after Wild Card Weekend's performance? The, I think there you could are... take the, you could take the the regular season out of out completely, and I can I could still make the argument that Stafford had a better regular season than Brady. But you can take the regular season out of it entirely and just look at the postseason. And you can't tell me that postseason Stafford isn't a top five quarterback in the NFL currently. Can you? Can you tell me four quarterbacks or five quarterbacks better than Stafford this year? Just this year. In the, the entire season or the post are you eliminating it to the postseason? Ooh, uh, entire season? Let's go postseason. Let's go postseason. Okay. Postseason. Let's try to do this. Let's say Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow. Tom Brady. Um, I'm trying to remember who else is in it. Um, I don't think Carr. I don't think Tannehill. Let's see, because there's 14 teams, right? Who am I forgetting right now? So You're missing a few. Um, yeah, because I can tell you that there, I think there's three that are better than Stafford. I don't think this year Aaron Rodgers was better than Matt Stafford. Oh, I think he was far better than Matt Stafford this year. I not in the postseason. If we're judging well, see, just postseason, see if we're talking just postseason, then Jimmy G has to be in your top four. <laughs> like that's the way I no, look at it. No, he doesn't. And, and perhaps the win comes hand garbage. in hand with it for me. His last two games were garbage. What? The Jimmy the wins G, have Jimmy to come G into a factor. Not... No, they don't. I'm to talking me, in the to, to me and well, see that's the that's the thing though is if we're talking performance and statistical things alone, one Philip Rivers is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and I don't believe that even as you know somebody who rooted for him all of his well, seventeen I, I his think one years. day I think even without a Super Bowl ring, one day Rivers' statue is going to be in Canton. Oh yeah, I think he makes the Hall of Fame. But I, I don't disagree a, that he's one of the best. I don't. I'm not disagreeing with you that that Rivers is one of the best of all time, and I can make the same argument. That we're not at anywhere near the end of Stafford's career at this point, but I think five, six years down the road, we're going to be having the same conversation about Rivers that we are Stafford, except Stafford's going to have at least one Super Bowl ring. And I think that's just it, too. I think, um, well, okay, so let's transition into something that I've been noticing and that's been on my mind. And I'm glad we're doing this because I didn't know where to fit it in on the formats. 
But I think one thing you really have to take a look at and really have to sort of define when you're having these kinds of conversations is what are the metrics? Because a lot of the times, like one argument I always make, right? Kyle Orton on the Denver Broncos led by new Raiders coach Josh McDaniel was one of the statistically greatest quarterbacks in the league. He was throwing four to five thousand, between four and five thousand yards, you know, when Romo was doing it, when Stafford was doing it with a, you know, with an okay Lions team, when Rivers was doing it. Like he was going back and forth in shootouts with Rivers, throwing five, four or five hundred passes a game. So, like, huh. who's Kyle Orton? Some guy that the Bears drafted and ended up on a terrible Broncos team that made life, you know, hell for the Chargers every now and then and the Chiefs when they were becoming the Chiefs we know now. Like, he was nobody. And there's and like um another statistic that, you know, we joke about him because we both have the Southern California ties to him, but like where is Jim Everett on this list in your mind? Pretty low, right? In the talks of greatest yeah. quarterbacks of all time. However, well, not, he had I'm a receiver, Henry Ellard, in nineteen eighty eight, the last time the Bengals were in the Super Bowl, who led the league at passing yards, who was throwing the ball to him? Jim Everett. On a terrible Rams team. So that's where you have to define. So if you were to say, I want to look at statistics, I don't want to have, if I want to look at hard metrics and just look at completions or completion ratings and uh, quarterback ratings and pass and completion percentage is what I meant and passing yards and total yards and and all of that. Matt Stafford is within the top 10 and has been for some time. If you want to look at leadership and turning a team around and proven track records, if you, if we go five, six years down the road, because I, I, I believe also that Matthew Stafford has a lot left in the tank. If five, six oh, years yeah. down the road, if the Rams are in four to five of those Super Bowls and Matthew Stafford's led them to every one. Okay. Yes. Now we're having a conversation when all he could really but do is kind of get the Lions you, in you the postseason. Hmm. Not so much in my book. You you wouldn't have even like nobody would have even had Stafford in this conversation before this year because Correct. you're seeing what he can do put behind a competent organization. This is his first year as a quarterback on the Rams and he's in the Super Bowl. Right. So you you have to think. And yes, I know I have to walk that back slightly <clears throat> because this is the same almost the exact same Rams team that got led to the Super Bowl by Jared Goff. Correct. But Another you, good point. You have to but you have to think though. When that golf, when that golf quarterback team made it, it wasn't the throwing game that got them there. That was Cooper Cup's rookie year, and he he did good, but he is wasn't the Cooper Cup he is now. Mm-hmm. That was the year that Gurley went off. That was the year that the Rams were a run and gun team. That was the year of the Rams defense popping off with Aaron Donald winning Defensive Player of the Year. That was a different offense because now you look at the Rams offense, and you have to judge it based on the fact that it's. Cooper Cup catching. It's Odell Beckham catching. It's the the third string tight end going for almost 100 yards tonight. It's the fact that Matthew Stafford is leading the team. So now you have a, a double attack. You have Sonny Michelle being able to still take runs. And you have an aerial attack that is consistent. Not just because of the targets, but the man throwing to the targets. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question then. This trade never happens. All the other ones do. So they still trade for OBJ. They still trade. They get Von Miller. They still have Aaron Donald. They don't lose him. And they still have everybody they have right now. And Cooper Cup still becomes the Cooper Cup we've seen this season. But that one specific trade never happens. And they have Jared Goff at the helm. 
Do the Rams still make the Super Bowl, in your opinion? The Rams don't make it past Tom Brady. I don't see. I don't know that. I, I think I've had a lot more belief in Jared think, Goff. No, you have because to I think with all of these to, things in place, I think he does. No, because you ha- like. Do you know how much of that game, that end of that game last week, was Matthew Stafford? A good portion of it. Some pivotal plays. I so see. I Goff, think I'm a Goff bigger believer not have in been Goff, able though. to consistently air it out. Though. And I also think, if I'm being completely honest with you, I also think without the Stafford trade, the OBJ pickup thing that that doesn't happen. Okay, that's fair. I don't think I don't think they would have focused so much on making that tandem catching offense, mm-hmm. like that tandem that tandem aerial offense. I don't think they would have focused as much on it if they didn't have a competent quarterback throwing to it because Jared Goff didn't have a he didn't have the best deep ball on the Rams, but he had a decent he had a decent mid-range attack which is what allowed Cooper Cup to go off before. The reason I think Cooper Cup is having as good of a season as he is right now is because now he has a quarterback that can safely and consistently air it out to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fair perspective. I think you, I... Give, you give Cooper Cup, you give Cooper Cup Matt Stafford two years ago, the Cooper Cup we're seeing now, we would have saw two years ago. I think. I think the thing that was holding Cooper Cup back was Jared Goff. Look at Jared Goff's season with the Lions. He didn't play poorly. It was garbage. He didn't play. Oh, and and this we did. We haven't got a chance to talk about this on the show yet. I think that so the Lions problems weren't on offense. Like, no, they weren't scoring a million points. But again, with a golf led quarterback, right? You're not going to score a million points. They have improvement that can be made on offense, obviously. But at the same token, every single game that I watched the Lions, if you notice, if not every play, every other play, they missed the first two tackles from scrimmage yeah. of any running or passing play. Anytime the other team gets the yard beyond the line of scrimmage, the Lions miss one to two tackles every single play. That's what I think Goff fell detriment. And it's the same thing that's been, you know, right, been holding, you know, holding Stafford back, essentially, is they can't build a defense to save their lives. Like, when were the last times the Lions have a good, last time the Lions had a good defense? <laughs> Never. You got to go all the way back to when Sue was on the team. I yeah, and and they had and they had a respectable defense in those years, but like a really good defense, like early nineties, maybe. But yeah. I don't know. Like when you when that's the other thing though. Like I was getting to with like the the metrics of what may, when you're defining greatest of all time. Because I actually had a I was having a conversation with somebody online about this for the uh, through the real Gabe Anders page on Facebook. Is they were uh, somebody had thrown up like, hey, what are you know, where's Aaron, is Aaron Rodgers top five of all time? And I'm like, no, probably not. Like, and somehow, you know, we got sidetracked to somebody basically making the Matthew Stafford argument you're making about Dan Marino only on steroids, right? Because they're like, Dan Marino is one of the greatest of all time. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I don't agree with that on this, like, when everything's considered. And you, this is what you and I were talking about too, because I was texting you a little bit, like, I think that statistically, some lists, depending on what you're looking for, Dan Marino makes it. Same as Matthew Stafford. All time overall. Like, I think one big thing is if you can find a team or a quarterback who can completely change the fate of a team, a la the, you know, Tom Brady, who took over for a respectable Bledsoe-led right? Patriots team who was getting there. They made their second Super Bowl in four or five years or whatever it was. 
and then completely changed the fate of a franchise. Joe Montana completely changed the fate of a franchise. Steve Young, had that been a poor franchise, would have completely changed the fate of the franchise. But also, I don't know, Steve Young's a weird debatable because he had, you know, there's a little bit of an, of an asterisk there because there was something built with Bill Walsh in them. But like Patrick Mahomes, these Chiefs, even though they'd won a couple divisions, like they weren't the Chiefs they are now. So if Stafford, if in four or five years, the Rams organization has become, you know, becomes this juggernaut, then yeah, I'll, I'll probably be open to seeing more of that perspective. But yeah, as for right now, like, I think he's very good and he's found his way to a Super Bowl and good for him. I'm happy for him. But I, I think it's a stretch to say he is, you know, one of the best of all time at this moment. In my opinion. But, um... The so we're gonna let's take a quick break real and then we'll uh we'll transition over into more of the the games for today. But um before we do, did you want to talk about it before the break or after the break as far as the uh the Aaron Rodgers going to uh where you think he's going to? Oh because <laughs> we, we got can throw about that 30 hot seconds. We can throw that hot take in real quick. Cause I don't wanna I don't have to go super into it. If the Tom Brady retirement announcement is true, I think Rodgers goes to goes to Tampa Bay. I'm being completely, completely truthful on that. That is not tongue-in-cheek. I think that is something that could actually happen if they can keep all the pieces that are already lined up in Tampa Bay. I think if Rodgers wants to go anywhere, that place is tailor-made for him right now. Yeah, and, and it's funny, too, because, like, literally yesterday, the the thought that was coming to my mind was, you know, I'm like, you know what? I bet you, just because I think he'll go somewhere else, I bet you he'll stay in Green Bay. But now that the thoughts crossed my mind... You know what that means, right? He will absolutely mm. go anywhere else, but he will play on any of the other 31 teams. <laughs> now that I've, I've decided, as my picks show, Aaron yeah. Rodgers will most certainly play somewhere else. But we're going to take a quick break, run some oh, commercials, yeah. and we're going to keep going on into the uh, the games that happened today. So Bengals-Chiefs, the upset in Arrowhead, and the uh the Niners playing like booty against the Rams we'll be right back on this Facebook live exclusive bonus episode follow us on the at real Gabe Anders show Facebook page facebook.com slash real Gabe Anders and we will be right back all right guys time out real quick let's take a second and find out how you can connect to the at real gay banders show on twitter myself of course at real gay banders you can reach out to richie vegas at richie vegas rg8 on spotify apple itunes google Podcasts, and stitcher and of course if you do we appreciate if you give us a five-star rating and leave us a review of what you think and of course watch all your favorite clips on youtube just search for the real gay banders show now more real gay banders show after the rest of this break all right, guys, the Arizona Wrestling Federation is coming back to Glendale, baby. The beer's going to be flowing, the food's going to be good, and the action's going to be all you can handle. AWF New Dawn is at the Horny Toe, formerly the Desert Rose Gastro Pub. Get your tickets now at ArizonaWrestlingFederation.com because you will not want to miss this one. Front row tickets only $25 and family four-packs for $60. Get them before they're gone. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Do you want your chance to be on the Real Gabe Anders Show? 
Well, give us a call in to our new voicemail line at area code 623-396-5173. Listen in each week for the topic that we ask for, or, hey, just give us a call about anything sports or wrestling related that you want, and we might put you on the air. What better way to let Richie Vegas know that you hate him, or correct me, Gabe Anders. I'm sure I flubbed up something. Give us a call. We want to hear from you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back on this special weekend recap, the special bonus episode exclusively on Facebook Live of the At Real Gabe Andrews Show. And you know that you can follow us. Leave us a comment, a message on Facebook.com slash Real Gabe Anders. And you can always hear Richie and myself every single Friday on the Real Gabe Anders Show. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, anywhere you find podcasts, we'll be there. So, Richie Hot Takes. You got any more hot takes for us? As we're going to go into the football games for today. Any hot takes to bring in immediately as we're getting started with our Facebook Live crowd here? I think... um this is the beginning of a Rams dynasty. I can see how you see that, and I can see with the talent that they have on there, that's not far-fetched. I think this could be the beginning of a Rams dynasty. 100%. It's not just the talent, it's the coaching. <clears throat> yeah, so let's talk about that real quick. Well, yeah, let's let's start with this one, since we've been we've been sort of pretty deep on Matthew Stafford right now. We've gone in-depth with him. What... What the hell was Sean McVay doing? It's almost like he didn't. Why was I've never seen him without poise? Have like I don't watch a lot of Rams games, or maybe when when I do, I don't pay as much attention as I should to the sideline. Is McVay usually sort of skittish <laughs> and, no. and making no. weird like oh like everybody felt it seemed like everybody felt uncomfortable, and that's on both sides of the sideline, but specifically McVay. Like, what, this what the was hell McVay was that challenge, him. grasping at straws? This was McVay fighting his boogeyman. You realize the only team McVay hasn't been able to beat in his tenure as a head coach is the 49ers? No, that's not true, because they they were only 6-0 and against him, which would be three seasons worth of play, and he's been there for five since he took him to that last Super Bowl with Goff. So he's beat him before. I mean, it's when it matters. been a while. We'll, we'll, say, we'll say when it matters. And we'll also say when the Niners... That, okay, I can see that, yeah. And I we'll can see that as well. The Niners yeah. have been good. Mm-hmm. The only boogeyman he has is Shanahan with a with a loaded team, or Shanahan with a good team. So, so this is so. Let me bring this up to you then. Beat his boogeyman. I'm 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 uh, I'm interested in hearing your take on this. Then, so I've heard all week because you. I'm sure you've heard the comments of everybody basically stating that the Rams and Shanahan were in McVeigh's head. It's been denied by both sides all week. You're saying, and especially as seen from you know what we saw on the field tonight, you're say, are you saying that that's not true? Because it sounds like you sound like you believe the opposite that the 49ers have been in his head and that they have been a yeah, monkey. There's no back. way, there's no way that they weren't, especially with how he coached today. And throughout the week, maybe I would have made that point, but the thing is, the thing about McVay, and you have to, you have to. Here's a comparison I'll make: McVay is an emotional coach. Okay. He is not he is not a Belichick. He is not somebody who hides his emotions and who keeps himself poised throughout the game always. He wears his emotion on his sleeve and his players feed off of it. 
Right. So he, he doesn't hide his emotion. He's a lot like um, Pete Carroll in that aspect. Okay. Pete Carroll is another incredibly emotional coach when he coaches. Right. So if you, and that's the comparison I'd make is McVay is a, an emotional coach. He coaches with his heart on his sleeve because his players see the genuine authenticity and play off of that. Huh. So when you're that emotional and you're going into a game that you have to win to get to a Super Bowl in a year where you have to make it to the Super Bowl, because if, if he doesn't make it to the Super Bowl this year with this team, questions start to be raised about his ability. So there's, there's that. And not only do you have to do it, but you have to do it against a team that has consistently had your number. Like, you're going to be in your head a little bit. Yeah, and that's, of course, fair. And I thought it was interesting to see that, you know, both sides denying it. But I think the vibe that I got from watching Kyle Shanahan deny it is just sort of like, eh, you know, almost like a... Uh, well, and I think Shanahan I had the reverse. Instead of being, instead of the Rams being in his head, Shanahan was over cocky because he knows he can beat the Rams. Right. Because he hasn't had trouble doing it the last three years. He knows he can beat the Rams. So, and he knows not just that he can beat the Rams, but that he could beat McVay. Right. It's not just that he can beat the Rams. So he can beat McVay at his own game. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think he was able to get in his head is because he had that confidence and McVay could feed off that confidence. So he made some really stupid calls. Granted, his play calling was on point tonight. The scheme that he had drawn up was perfect. But his actual coaching in the moment, I think the moment got to him. I think he had all week to prepare. So his game plan was solid. But I think the actual logistics of him calling that game, him coaching that game, him having to make the challenges, know when to call timeouts, I have never seen him call the most egregious timeout compared to what he did in the beginning, like beginning to middle of the fourth quarter, and then also burn both of your challenges. Right. When you know the game has the potential to go to the wire, which it did. Mm-hmm. Granted, Stafford was able to play the clock, and Stafford's good at that. So Stafford was able to play the clock to under two minutes and give the Niners no time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where that's where you have McVay making his mistakes is because it got in his head. His game plan was still solid because he's an incredible coach at preparing, but he was too emotional during the game that the Niners were able to stay in his head. And he made just some really boneheaded decisions because he wanted to win so bad. He didn't want there to be any chance of failure. So when he saw something close that he could grasp straws at, like the, the, the fourth down, when he challenged that, he truthfully in his heart believed that Stafford had that. He did not. You watch any angle of that, and there's not a single angle where it looks like he made any forward progress past the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. There was no game on the play. There's just wasn't. And you look at the uh, what was the other? The other one was the fumble. That uh, one, I can yeah, see the why he challenged. Fumble. I can see why he challenged, but you don't. You don't do that challenge in the fourth quarter of a game that you know is going to come down to the wire. That's a first quarter challenge. Yes, that's that's a first half challenge. Even I'll even yes. get that. But that like, is not a second half of the game challenge. Yeah, when you because you know the sway and the momentum of the game, the way it's going, that's not a challenge. Especially you make. when you're coming from behind. Especially when you're battling from behind, and especially when you know you have a team that can play the fourth quarter, that can play the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. Because this Rams team has shown all postseason they they can play the last five minutes of the game like they have 15. 
if they're given the resources to do that. Right. And we're going to, since, cause I want to spend some time on, uh, on the rumble and then the, uh, the first game also later, they are uh, a little bit, the let's, um, we're, we're going to jump down. I think there were a lot of, it was a, I think it was like a, like an oddly executed game. I think that the, if I were to give game ball to anybody, it'd be the Rams defense because they really showed up. They shut down the run immediately. Um, oh yeah. The, uh, my, my boy, the, the kid I like, Elijah Mitchell did nothing today. He got nothing. I kept saying, okay, this is where he's going to break it. And he would have another negative one, negative two yard, you know, loss of one or two yards. They shut right. him down. The, um, the, they got pressure on Garoppolo, but. I would even say Garoppolo just crumbled. Garoppolo crumbled under the pressure. He 100% choked, and I'll still defend him. However, the two things that's why I said uh, let's let's go ahead and uh, get to uh, get to this portion of it. I believe he is most likely playing in another uniform somewhere else. I think that he has proven enough to you know maybe someone like the the Vikings or the Redskins or you know I put him in take. yeah put a Put him in Washington. I think he does well. I think they're going to start transitioning. Put him transitioning. in Houston. Put him in Put Houston. Him in Would Houston. you take him in Houston? Yeah, I think he'd function well in Houston. And especially if you keep Mills on the bench. I would take, him as, I would take him as a stopgap to keep Mills on the bench for a year. And mm-hmm. I, I think a year or two he can make a pit stop down there, let Mills mature, and he can I'm, – I'm telling you the Texans are tanking the next two years well, to get some good picks. And so honestly, to, on that same on that same sort of notion, because I was trying to think um, uh, uh, yesterday, actually, I was trying to think like, man, for Justin Herbert, what would be a good veteran QB that you can keep on the bench behind him? I would even say keep Mills in. I mean, Garopp- I would. Yeah, that was a tough one. Garoppolo is still a starter. Yeah, Garoppolo is still a starter. One. He's but- still a starter. He's not that good, but he's still a starter. He's better than some of the starters that are currently in the league, and he can still lead a team to a Super Bowl. And like, I don't get me wrong. He he can still if the team has good enough supporting cast and good enough supporting pieces, he can still be competent enough to get a team to a super. Absolutely. And I think that um that's the thing, right? He doesn't always choke because he did make a Super Bowl. So he mm-hmm. has that in him to not choke. He just happened to choke very 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 badly today. Um also they had Debo's number. Like I texted you, they were they knew we have to stop Debo. And oh, yeah. the one thing and that they, sta- they neutralized Debo. Oh, he was a, he was a non-issue. He was a non-issue today, which um which sort of opens up the 49ers offense. So if you can't get Debo started, the lawnmower doesn't start. The, right. the whole deal. Um I think that the Niners defense did what they had to do for the most part. I think and then see this is what I think Stafford's I don't like Stafford's situational awareness in some cap- um some aspects just in the sense that the one key, the one thing you have to do to really hedge your bets on beating the Niners is run away from Bosa. And mm-hmm. mo- how many times did he run directly towards Bosa today? Because you got to know where 97 is on the field. Because if mm-hmm. you put the, if you come within a, you know, a, an arm's reach or a sprint's reach of Bosa, the play's done. Like the play's over. Like I texted you, he made half, he got half a sack on his, laying on his back. Like yeah. if Bosa can sniff you, like you, you got to stay away from. Them. Luckily for them, right? It didn't do it. It, it wasn't detrimental, but it could have been. Could have been very, very. That's my. I think that's my big thing with Stafford. Not to keep going back to it, but Stafford has a lot of ooh moments. Like ooh, that could have been very bad moments. It wasn't, 
And I think now that he's on the Rams, he has that benefit and the luck that being on a great team provides you. But it's why we never heard anything out of. I didn't know, and this is me. This is my uh, my truth be told right now. I forgot that Stafford was still in the league when they made that trade, and I can't remember if I told really? you or not. I had uh, like he he him and Dante Culpepper were on the same page to me. Like what? the Dante Culpepper when he was doing solid, and then sort of you know just drifted around. That was where Stafford was to me. Really, before he made the Rams. Yep. When they made that trade, again, like I told you, right? I thought that was the stupidest trade in the world. Obviously not. I also called the Braves to to end it. So if you're betting in Vegas, <laughs> listen to this show. And whoever I say is completely done, a la Matt Stafford, a la the Atlanta Braves, a la the 49ers and the Chiefs a couple years ago, respectively, in, in each of their Super Bowl uh, runs, like... Just bet for that. Bet against me. Bet against at Real Gabe Anders and tweet me and follow me and follow our shows and review us and tell us how much money you made betting against Gabriel's picks. But, but um, yeah, no, I think the uh, I think this game, if you were to narrow it down and whittle it down to its simplest form, the Niners did not execute where they were supposed to. Oh, that uh, tart, tart, tart. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the biggest problem that the Niners have is they do not put games. That's the biggest game. The, the biggest problem the Rams have here. sometimes is they that do not put games. Happens, we're having a different conversation. Absolutely. It's 100%. The game's over at that point. The game's over. Yeah. Garoppolo has confidence and he marches down the field. And was it tied at that point? They can't either kick a field goal or they yeah. keep the lead. I can't remember what no, it, was. it was. It was tied. Was it tied it was at that tied. point? Yeah. They march it down. They get a field goal. They do exactly what the Rams did. And we're having a completely different conversation. Tart. Number yeah. three. He's the guy. And so that's the one thing that I've noticed with this Niners team is they can't shake it off. You got to no. be able to shake it off. Look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow got sacked nine times last week. Nine times. Shook it off, made it happen. This week, I, and this is pretty bad. I was calling him slow mojo. Hey, does he run as slow as I'm thinking he does on all those? Yeah. He was effective. He was effective. He, he was like Philip Rivers when Philip Rivers decided to actually run. Like, yeah. The, uh, yeah, because Rivers is, Rivers is a slow, slow man. That's why he didn't run a lot. That's why he had to, he always gunned it out. But like, Joe Burrows making it happen, saying, Josh Allen, what? Josh Allen, who? Anything Josh Allen can do. Case in point, Bengals with the upset in Arrowhead. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have anything else on the, the Rams Niners before? I feel like we spent a lot of time, so I was moving over we'll, to that. We'll hold it till one. Thursday because I can go on for a whole segment. And that's what I figured. That that's why we're having the bonus episode to, to get it on, get it on now. <laughs> So, but no, we we can move on to the other game so we can talk about the rumble. Okay, big upset, Bengals Super Bowl first time since 1988. I'm sure all the Bengals fans would have loved for Garoppolo, especially uh, you know how much were the Bengals fans salivating at the end of the Niners Rams game, going, "No, give us Jimmy G, give us injured have, Debo, give us the beaten up team." I have a meme that I literally just sent you that epitomizes exactly what you're about to say oh man the um joe burrow and jamar chase versus the rams defense in the super bowl oh could that not be more <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> john cena and randy orton versus the entire raw roster <laughs> that is that is classic that is fantastic 
Oh, put that man. up on the page later so everyone yeah can we gotta we gotta toss about. that up toss that up when we get a chance to because that is that is superb i love that yeah the uh yeah, that's and it's funny too because like it's it's weird that like the more physical games that the, these the Bengals defense are actually proving to be freaks if you're mm-hmm. noticing like they yeah. they play situational football so like statistically they're so middle of the road they're like they're like the 15 to 20th ranked teams in most stats. And I was looking right. at this earlier in the week because I was trying to see assess how much of a threat to Mahomes they would be. It's almost like to beat Mahomes, you kind of have to have a very unassuming defense. Well, yeah, because if you the whole thing is when you're going against Mahomes, if you over prepare, he's going to completely if you over prepare, he's going to play in a way you don't expect. Right. Because he plays backyard so ball. Go in- if you go in knowing that Mahomes is going to be Mahomes and you just play the best schemes that you can, that's how you beat Mahomes. Right. You can't overthink him. You can't underthink him or underestimate. You have to know what you're going against. You can't overthink. Right. And yeah, the Bengals defense and the run. Fantastic. Which funny enough, though, for the Rams might not be an issue because the Rams didn't get the running game started today. Michelle yeah. didn't get anything on that. He didn't you know, do bad. The, you he can't say no, he did bad. No, I'm, I'm not he saying he did bad. But what I am saying is that the yeah. Niners defense, defensive. If anyone on the Niners teams outperformed their expectancy, the D line, the defensive line oh, yeah. of the the Niners played fantastic. They had oh, pressure yeah. in Stafford's did. phase all day. They stopped the run with four. Now, the Bengals also have a great run. But what I'm saying is that's actually. Not a non-issue because with the Rams, okay, you stuff the run. We're just going to beat you another way. We're going to air it out. As long as the receivers catch the ball wide open in the end zone, shouldn't have a problem. See, I don't know. And I'm trying to, I have to rewatch because I don't want to dog out Stafford too bad because at first the instinct is right, right? Like, oh, he's missing so many passes. But like at the same token, it's kind of on the receivers, some of those catches. So I won't put all the blame on him when he's hitting them in the hand. He doesn't really hit them in the hands. But he gets it close enough to to where they they should most likely make the play. Now I think where that becomes interesting is the Bengals secondary. The Bengals secondary with a pass like that from Stafford, they're not dropping it. A pass hitting one of the Bengals secondary in the hands and the chest and the face mask, that's not being dropped. So that's no. where it gets really interesting. But how many times is Burrow going to get sacked if that line can't hold up against Aaron Donald and the pressure that the Rams can bring? That's going to be an interesting one. So what are you, because we're, we're going to, we only have a couple minutes left. Um, was there any, I mean, obviously everything stood out about the Bengals game. I think that's why we're spending more time on like the Rams Niners, but like, is there anything you saw that will really play me like make a difference in two weeks? that the Rams would necessarily have to look out for coming out of this chiefs Bengals game. Don't underestimate the Bengals. I think that that's the, the key only, to the playoffs, right? That is the <laughs> only thing that can, that the Rams need to realize. Don't underestimate the Bengals. The chiefs did it. The Titans the did, it. did it. The, the Raiders Titans did it. Did it. The Raiders Everybody's did done it. it all year. These guys put up 40 points against Jam- uh uh, the Lamar Jackson and the yeah. Ravens. These guys put up 41 I, points. These guys beat just, the Chiefs twice in a year. 
I just, you can't underestimate the Bengals. You have to treat this team like they are the AFC champions because they're the AFC champions. And now they're the AFC champion. <laughs> you have to treat this team like they are one of the best teams in the NFL because they are. It's not luck that got them here. Right. You know what this, this Bengals team reminds me of? What's that? The 2017 Eagles team. Is that the one that beat Brady in the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, it reminds 2017 or 2018. It might have been 2018. Correct me one of the two. Time. Yeah, one of one of that in that. But time that, frame. that Eagles team that that made it to the Super Bowl and won when everybody said they weren't going to make it. Every week they weren't going to win their game that they had. Every week they were going to lose, and they made it to the Super Bowl and they won. Mm-hmm. It's the same energy. It's the same except except they have even more talent than that Eagles team did. Right. So. It's that same energy. It's that same underdog energy. It's that same hunger. And that's the thing is, though, the difference between that Patriots team and this Rams team is the hunger is both sides. I think the Rams are just as hungry as the Bengals. And I think they both have just as much luck on their side, too, because that was one thing I texted you during the beginning of the Bengals game. Like one, they came out ready. Like Mm -hmm. I was really surprised within those first two series how ready for the Chiefs the Bengals looked. Oh, yeah. And two, about, you know, what was it, right at the end of the third quarter, right before they started turning it on, about halfway through the third quarter, before they scored, what was it, 11 points in two minutes? Mm-hmm. And they were saying, hey, look, us too. I think that was the biggest statement the Bengals made was like, hey, guys, Bills, Chiefs, nothing. Bengals. Bengals. Pointing at their jerseys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bengals, guys. It's, it's, it's sort of funny, right? It's sort of like. like the yeah, other that- thing that you have to think about, too. Um, and it'll be one of the last things I say about this. Um, that Bengals team did something the Bills couldn't. They used their defense to get the ball back. Right. So that's the one thing you can't underestimate about this Bengals team is their defense. Their defense is incredible. Their defense like is complete. Yeah. They can they can rush you, they can bring pressure, and <laughs> they can defend not only their like they can shut down the run. They did it against Tennessee. They uh, get and the fact that um, wow, I'm forgetting his name. Tennessee running back, great running Derek back. Henry. Derek Henry. Derek thank Henry. you. They they shut down Derrick Henry. Yeah, he it didn't feel like a shutdown because it's Derrick Henry. But for Derrick Henry, they shut him the hell down. They shut down mm. the Chiefs. They didn't get anything going in that second half. So and when they shut down your run and you start to air it out, they take the ball away. So yep, I'm. I'm ex- now that we've talked it out. I'm so excited to watch this Bengals Rams game. It's going to be incredible. It is. It is going to be everything that it is going to be the ultimate main event that these playoffs have been leading up to. I believe. What, did, did I close off this se- this little segment by saying this has been the most entertaining NFL playoffs I think I've ever seen? It really has, hasn't it? It really has. I feel like. And I think that's a that's a good place to to hang up there. So let's go ahead and uh, let's put a cap on bow tie on this one. Rams Bengals. Ah, just teasing. We're not going to make the pick right now. You're gonna have to listen Friday for that. But Richie, start thinking about Rams Bengals. And hey, what do you think about this Friday doing sort of a uh, like a uh, player awards that we were talking about before? Now that we're yeah. on the way to the Super Bowl, we have a week. Let's throw those out. We'll put that together. You feeling that? Yeah, I'm doing that. Okay, awesome. Well, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking the WWE Royal Rumble. This is the At Real Gabe Anders Show bonus episode, Facebook Live exclusive on Facebook.com slash Real Gabe Anders. 
follow us and watch us live. And, you know, this might pop up on the Spotify, the Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, all the above. So we'll be right back. Gabriel Anders and Richie Vegas, we will be right back. All right, guys, time out real quick. Let's take a second and find out how you can connect to the At Real Gay Banders show. On Twitter, myself, of course, At Real Gay Banders. You can reach out to Richie Vegas at RichieVegasRG8 on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And, of course, if you do, we appreciate it if you give us a five-star rating and leave us a review of what you think. And, of course, watch all your favorite clips on YouTube. Just search for the Real Gay Banders show. Now, more Real Gay Banders show after the rest of this break. All right, guys, the Arizona Wrestling Federation is coming back to Glendale, baby. The beer's going to be flowing, the food's going to be good, and the action's going to be all you can handle. AWF New Dawn is at the Horny Toe, formerly the Desert Rose Gastro Pub. Get your tickets now at ArizonaWrestlingFederation.com because you will not want to miss this one. Front row tickets only $25 and family four-packs for $60. Get them before they're gone. Hey you, yeah you, do you want your chance to be on the Real Gay Banders show? Well give us a call in to our new voicemail line at area code 623-396-5173. Listen in each week for the topic that we ask for, or hey, just give us a call about anything sports or wrestling related that you want, and we might put you on the air. What better way to let Richie Vegas know that you hate him, or correct me, Gay Banders. I'm sure I flubbed up something. Give us a call, we want to hear from ya. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. You're listening to the Facebook Live bonus episode exclusive. Richie, how do I have a knack for like creating the longest, most drawn out like titles ever? When I it's come your up special with talent, it. it really is. Like, how many words can I fit into this like title subject line? Is usually what I, I end feel up. like. I feel like if you can't make it as large as possible with as many words as possible, you're not thinking about it enough. See, and that's really, like, I'm kind of carny, huh? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like, I'm kind of carny. It's like, come <laughs> right in, Facebook Live exclusive extraordinaire super duper weekend recap NFL WWE Rumble. Listen to our page, but yes, please do listen to our page. And if you don't know and you're hearing us for the first time here on this awesome platform of Facebook Live, then we have the Real Gabe Anders Show at Real Gabe Anders Show every single Friday. We're out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, all the all the stuff I normally say on the normal episodes. And you can listen to us. We have a voicemail line, so follow our page because we'll tell you how to get the voicemail line. Oh, brand new news. This is why you listen to the exclusives. We have a show email now, so you can send us in an email. Again, if you want to correct me, hate tweets to Richie, all that good stuff, show at gmail.com is our new show's email, so you'll see that on the social as well. And that's your way to directly reach out to us, or if you just want to shoot us a line and tell us how we're doing... We love to hear from you, too, in that regard. So, um, yeah, Richie, Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble took place on a Saturday, which was weird, but I guess that sort of didn't. Wasn't the first one on a Saturday, too? Yeah, I think. I believe so, because I think it was, wasn't it countering, um, countering some Turner uh, pay-per-view, I believe? Yes. 
But uh, yeah, let's talk the Royal Rumble with the <laughs> remaining time that we have here in this Facebook Live exclusive extraordinaire especial. What uh, oh jeez, where do we start with this one? Let's start uh, takeaways or start from the top. What do you want to do? We don't have a format for this show, by the way, guys. That's why I listen to this run and gun call in the ring show that we're doing here on Facebook Live. What uh, where do you want to start, Richie? God, um, well. I'll start with what I liked, so it's a All smaller right. list. Um, of course it is. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed the women's Rumble match. I think all of the surprises were fantastic. I think the returns were fantastic. I think it had a ton of really fun spots. I loved the ivory right to censor spot. That was, that was fun. probably my favorite thing Very from fun, that match. Yeah. Um, Rousey coming back. I loved Rousey and Shayna Baszler being in the ring together. That was really, really cool. Um, Had they then, not been previously? Not no, they have never been in the ring together. Not okay, in WWE. See, I don't think I knew that. So, and you know their background, right? Yeah, yeah. They're the uh, they're uh, the the MMA girls. They're the MMA girls. Yeah. Yes, but they and they, they had the faction when Rousey was they're in there. Four Horsemen. Yeah. Were were they the ones? I, were they actually calling themselves the Four Horsewomen? Because I've also they heard were. Becky Lynch, Sasha Bailey, and Charlotte referred to as that. They were calling themselves the Four Horsewomen of MMA. Oh, okay, that's right. Jessamyn Duke, uh, Shayna Baszler, uh, Ronda Rousey, and I forget the fourth one. But um, they were the the Four Horsewomen of of MMA. So it was really cool seeing those two in the ring together. Um, I think they did really good with Rhea Ripley in the Rumble. I, I think the, the women's Rumble match should have gone on last. That's my personal feelings because it was the better Rumble. It turned out better. Um, Here's the thing, though. I think on paper, the men's Rumble should have been better. Well, Not that it, it was should bad, have been. And I'll tell you, but it I should have been extraordinarily the, better. I could tell you the three things they could have did different to make it better. Um, more surprises. There were There were no surprises to me. Right. The the only real shocking surprise was Lesnar. And even then, that wasn't a shock to me because I called that. You um, called that. Hey, shout out to Joey. He doesn't have a Facebook, so he's not hearing this until it gets on Spotify. Hey, Joey, shout out. You got it right. Yeah, he, he proceeded to guess it halfway through yeah. the show, directly after Lesnar's loss. And I said, yeah, you're probably right. He's like, man, if I can see that, how is anybody or any of the normal fans like entertained or happy about anything WWE does. And I just kind of said like, they're not bro. (laughs) Right. They're they're really not. I think more surprises, uh, not tipping your hat the way they did. Um, Honestly. Well, define that. Go elaborate on that. What do you mean by tipping your hat? Like in what regard? 25, 25 of the 30 spots were already announced two days before the rumble. Okay. So more so like less like, giving it to Lesnar as a tip of the hat and more like showing your cards way too right. early, basically. Okay. Right. I got and you. the thing is the second, the other thing is the second number 30 hit and Lesnar's music hit. I already knew the end of the match. Right. So if you're going to do the Lesnar surprise, bring him in earlier in the match, you know, Lesnar can go in the mm-hmm. rumble. He's gone. He's gone. What? Two years ago, he went almost the whole rumble match. Mm-hmm. So like he, he can go in the rumble match. It, it's, it's give, put him in at 15, put him in at 18, put him in at 20. Because then you can save 30 for another threat. Um, right. I, I, I think another... And then the third thing about the men's rumble, they could have did different, that I think they've been striking out on year after year recently. They need to have more build 
to the actual rumble. And what I mean more build is they need to build storylines more that are going to connect into the rumble. The only storyline that we really had going into the rumble to watch out for and be quote unquote excited for was Johnny Knoxville, Sami Zayn. Right. And to a lot, I mean, and they didn't really build on it, but there kind of was AJ and okay. So it's not almost it's Omos. I heard them right, say but that the AJ Omos. and Omos thing. That wasn't really a build standalone though. story that wasn't built for the rumble. I'm talking about things sure. that build into the rumble, making the rumble more important, a storyline that makes the rumble more important. Well, that's the think thing. That's where I think there was a potential his... for, for like AJ and Omos, for example, to uh, be more yeah. pivotal, pivotal by having them right. meet in route to going so but at the same token like it's like oh yeah these guys don't like each other because you don't really know like what trajectory either of them have right so that's where it's like yeah i definitely get what you're saying there could have been more if not building directly with the rumble as a payoff building so that the rumble has significance what i what i didn't like on that regard in that same vein everybody who was feuding came out right after each other Correct. Sami Zayn Mickey. came out right before, um, right before Knoxville. Uh, Nikki, the Bellas. What the Bellas? What, yeah. I don't recall that one. I was gonna say for the the women. I was gonna say, um, what's her name? Sonia and um, uh, da, 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 da. um, was it Cameron came out right after Sonia and Cameron was the old Funkadactyl with I can't remember her name. The am I even Naomi. saying? Yeah, Naomi. There you go. And uh, and so they they were directly like tit for tat. Like there's no build, there's no anticip- like there's no suspense behind it. Uh-huh. Like these two people are fighting. Send them out right next to. They're thirteen and fourteen. I don't know. There wasn't a lot of create, and that's a that's a tough thing to say. But it felt like I don't want to call it lazy booking, but it felt like very lazy booking. There's no better way yeah. to say it. Like, no, I, it's yeah. totally true. It's it's no better way to say it. But because you could have spaced it out and start building new. Because the other thing too that I always that I always remember too from a promoter's aspect is you have the benefit of watching everybody touch at that. And when I say that, I'm using wrestling jargon. I'm not being weird about it. Like you have the ability to watch everybody interact with each other in ring. To see how they, what chemistry they have, how we do it all the time in the AWF with the wildcard rumbles. We test oh. guys all the time and see what, you know, what we might be able to get out of it after watching them go, you know, in that short period of time. The one thing, and it ha- started happening towards the end of the match that I 100% hate and tell me how you feel about it. And if I'm overplaying it just because I have such a bias against it, I hate that the second the music hits, everybody rests. The second yeah. the music hits, everybody rests, they come in, they pose, and they do a move. Right. I hate that, too. They need it to is. keep working what they started. Yes, it's a rumble. You should always... The men did a little bit better of a job, and the women were doing strong until about the halfway through, and it broke down to that. But the men, if you notice, the men were... And, and, and I'm not singling this out, because the men, for the last two or three or four years even, have been terrible at this, and they've been the worst ones in doing this in the men's rumble. And both of them were awful last year. I hated it. But the men were doing a little better jo- job of keeping actively striking, trying to eliminate while the entrance is being made. Because you, it's not a break. It's not a timeout. You don't just get to stop fighting. I mean, you can if you all agree on it. But that's stupid. Like, who says, oh, hey, look, uh, Stafford's warming up on the sideline. Let's all take five, guys. Timeout. And everyone stops on the field. 
Nobody. Uh-huh. Oh, hey, look, Hideo Nomo's warming up in the bullpen. All right, guys. Well, hey, don't throw any pitches. Let's just all chill out in the diamond for a little bit. Nobody. That does. That's not how it works. <laughs> Keep fighting. Yeah. But um. Okay. What uh, What else is on the uh, the list that you're that you're liking there? The short list. That I was liking. Um. I loved the Rollins Reigns match up until they overdid it with the finish. I loved the finish to start. Yeah. Um. The steel chair thing. One crack. If they would have just did the one crack of the steel chair to mirror when Rollins turned on Reigns way back when the shield broke, mm-hmm. that would have been cool if it was just the one. But the rep- the the repetition of it and nobody coming out to save Rollins. You know, with this whole Forbidden Door conversation, I honestly thought we were about to hear Wild Thing blare over the speakers and we were going to see Moxley show up. Like, I, 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 I honestly, and they showed him in the clips. Did you notice that? In some of the, pre- uh, the packages, they showed they Moxley. They did, and I, I really thought we were about to hear his fucking music hit, his AEW music. I really thought we were about to hear it hit and him hit the ring. He comes out to the actual like Wild Thing song, by the way. Yeah. Like, um, Which, even yeah. if they can't acquire the rights or don't see it profitable to acquire the rights, they could have easily, within the you know, an, um, within a day's time frame, said, "Hey, make us a rip off a of Wild Thing." Or, like, or they could have just used his old music. They could have used his old music. Could have used his old music. They could have used the Shield music. Whatever. They could have. They used the Shield music for Rollins. So like they mm-hmm. could have they could have had Mox show up it, it, with the whole forbidden door thing. I was thinking that could happen. Obviously, it's never going to happen because AEW and WWE still aren't playing nice. I don't know if they will. Um, well, and but, Sue didn't he just enter into rehab? No, he's he, taking he just came care back. of something. No, no, he just came back. Oh, did he, he just come just back? Oh, I wasn't aware back. of that. Okay, because I knew yeah, he was no, having he, some outside of the ring too. stuff going on. Okay, he looks, he looks incredible. Like nice. He, he okay, good for back. him. He just came back um, two or three weeks ago on Dynamite, and then he was at that GCW show, the Game Changer Wrestling show. Oh, was he? His title. That, that big one that just took place. I've been seeing yeah, a lot he, of clips and pics of it. Because he's GCW's champion. Okay, that I don't think he's, I knew. He's okay. their world champion, and he defended the title at that show. Mm. It's Homicide, too, I think it was. Okay. Um, but he, he had a match recently there, and he just had his return match on Rampage last week. So, and he has a big, big match um, next week, too. Uh, I forget <laughs> who off the top of my head, but he has he, his first big match is coming up on the Chicago show. Um, but he, yeah, he's back. So that if if they were doing the whole Forbidden Door thing, they could have had him pop in and do mm. something. Um, which, like, I don't know. I liked the match up until the finish. And then I really, really, really liked the Lashley-Lesnar match again until the finish. Right. Um, I think the match itself was entertaining all the way up until the end. It was a. It felt like a big match. It felt like a big fight feel. It felt cool. Like it felt like we were seeing something special. And you don't get that with WWE that often anymore. Right. Like it really felt like we were watching something special. We were watching something that we are only going to see for the first time once. Yeah, and there was a genuine excitement to it. There was, and the match itself lived up to it up until the Roman Reigns interference. And the the Paul Heyman fuckery like that that was where it lost me. Okay, because so that we weren't we did not we were not texting about that at the end of that match, were we? No. Okay, no, we I think I I must have been texting my buddy Joey. I loved the turn. I uh, loved the turn, but I think they did it wrong. Really? Okay, how so? Because I I, I thought the they did it completely right. What are, what did you not like about it? Would you say it ruined the match? They should have flipped it. Okay. They should have had the. They should have had that happen during the Roman and Roman and Rollins match. Okay. 
Um, because if they would have had the turn happen in the Roman and Rollins match, then it could have let the Lashley Lesnar match. And again, I could see why they did it the way they did it because it was a it was a dirty finish, so you can revisit Lesnar Lashley. Right, yeah. And it's still and it still have logic to it. But I don't think they should have took the world title off of Lesnar. I think they should have took the universal off of Roman. Um, because now Lashley's going into Mania with no opponent. And granted, they'll probably use Elimination Chamber to build it. Right. But Lashley doesn't have a secondary feud. Lashley doesn't have somebody who you could just flex in and have him go one-on-one for the title because Biggie isn't on Raw anymore. Biggie's back with the New Day. Okay. So you can't just throw Biggie into it. Right. Uh, you could make an argument for Drew. Maybe they use return. That was neat. There was a lot of excitement. It sounded like with that. Yeah. I didn't know and, he had been out. But but Drew Lashley, they did to death already. They did, year. but didn't they do that to death prior to the crowds being in? Because the only match they yes. got with the crowds was that Tampa first back from the pandemic WrestleMania. If I'm or am I remembering yes, that incorrectly? But they still did it. They still did it to death. I wouldn't want to see that again yet. I would want them to let that cool off a bit more. Right. The only thing that I would be really excited to see happen, and I don't think we're going to get it, but it'd be really cool if we did, is AJ Styles, Bobby Lashley. We've, see, we and, haven't seen that in WWE. And the way they, and so it's funny, I almost thought that I was going to win with my pick of AJ <laughs> rather yeah, than and, rather uh, than Lesnar because of the way they're building him in next, the Rumble. Though, I think they'll use an Elimination Chamber match to determine the number one contender. See, and that, to me, that's weird, thinking of AJ Styles winning an Elimination Chamber match for, well, for any stipulation, for any, you know, for any um condition, but just the fact AJ Styles, I feel like I don't want to watch him in an Elimination Chamber match. I would. Why not? I just, I don't, it's, it's, I don't feel like he is that gritty of a competitor. It's the same vibe that, like, when they would put Daniel Bryan in the in the elimination chamber, like I just it's the and maybe this is me being old, old and just old. But like to me, like Triple H in the ruthless aggression era in the elimination chamber. So Triple H, you have to think about if you go back and like watch everything on the on the network or Peacock, whatever it is now, like Triple H kind of broke down the barriers from those really gritty matches like Shawn Michaels, you can make an argument for, but like he was the only, I guess, normal human wrestler, if that makes sense. So like a lot of these matches origins, like hell in a cell and elimination chamber, I sort of lumped together. Like Bray Wyatt is a perfect fit. John Cena is like Shawn Michaels was in the nineties. So he should be everywhere Hmm. fighting those fights. Um, Undertaker, mankind, Kane, like, you didn't really even see Austin in that environment too much because right. there wasn't a need and it wasn't a fit. Like that wasn't really. It, a style. it didn't make him. It didn't make him any bigger. And it, and you know he, someone and another, he didn't another make guy it who any I would throw either. into the argument. Another guy who I throw into the argument that did make the chamber bigger, even though he wasn't always the grittiest. Who's that? Jericho. Oh yeah. Well, Jericho's Jericho's just... another guy that Jericho's you can Jericho, put in a <laughs> in any type of cage match, and he makes it entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's it's one of those things where I think not getting on the tangent about Chamber because we could talk about Chamber more in a few weeks as we get closer to that event happening. Right. Um, I think that now the the booking that they've done they've booked themselves into a corner. When it comes to Mania, because now there's only one thing going into Mania that they have ready, and there's only one thing that they're going to make anybody care about, 
and that's Lesnar Reigns for the Universal title as the main event of night two. And I think your main event of night one is Rousey Lynch, finally one-on-one. Right. Which, by the way, I loved the I, I loved Becky Lynch's performance. Dewdrop's all right. Oh, yeah. Like she's fantastic as a as a Becky wrestler. Lynch is the best woman. Becky Lynch she is the best really woman is. wrestler in the game. This is, and There's I understand no now why they keep giving her the the title because, like, and it's so funny because remember four years ago when she broke on, she wasn't. Yeah, no. <laughs> she wasn't. There's, like, I liked her, no but not because she was super talented. Yeah, there's no conversation that needs to be had. Um, Lynch is absolutely the best women's wrestler. Period. She's got it all. End of discussion. And like, yeah. End just, of conversation. Oh, oh, over over everything. I think the one the one argument that I think you can make to that is technical ability with her between her and charlotte flair but she's come so far that that even is a discussion because you remember two three years ago that probably wasn't a discussion no matter how entertaining no matter how you know how much the fans love her technical in-ring her and charlotte flair you know whatever charlotte blows everybody out of the water but like Mm -hmm. i that's the one thing that i think i noticed with watching this card is how much improvement there's been with a lot of the women like oh, yeah. Sasha's Sasha was already good and she's become so much better. Becky Lynch was you know, all right and she's become so much better. Dewdrop, I, I still call her Piper. I don't why did they change her mm-hmm. name from what was wrong with Piper Nevin? Has there any been any rationale or logic leaked on why they changed? Like what is do what is a dewdrop? Why is that copywriting? WWE oh, can copyright okay. dewdrop. They can't that's copyright silly. Piper Nevin. That's her yeah. actual name. No, that makes sense. Okay. But um, so it's it's just copy copyright. And same semantics all we all yeah, same semantics we always see. But um, yeah, no, I was very impressed. I thought I that might be my match of the night. As much as I love Rollins and Reigns, which I think automatic, it's sort of like Mahomes and Allen, right? You know they're gonna have right. a good match. Like you know it's gonna and be. It's, an it's that feud, and honestly, like the sec the second Rollins came out to the Shield entrance, I was oh that was so great. I loved everything about that match, and like we were talking about with the ending, had they just shut it off. Had they just like stopped it at the chair shot and Roman walks away, which is my, I won't get on the tangent now, which is my biggest pet peeve. Like I was telling you, like, why does nobody ever help anybody anymore? Is there no security? Why do we have to wait five hours of somebody getting beat down for the referees to be like, hey, we should go out there. You think we should go out there? I don't know. Hey, is he bleeding? Okay, well, let's give it a second. Maybe he'll stop. Why? Stop them. Help him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. It's like, you know, what if somebody on the football field was, you know, just pummeling your... What if Dominic Sue and Dominic Sue was just stomping Stafford's head into the turf? Like, within seconds, (laughs) within seconds, both rosters would be clear. We see it in baseball all the time. All it takes is one straight pitch to the shoulder, get it a little too chippy, and the benches are cleared. Why is it different in wrestling? Why does it have Um, to be different? And it used to not be. It used to not be. No, that's... Yeah, and you've seen me at the AWF. That's my biggest pet peeve, right? And that's why we Mm. do the things that we do, is because look at the Attitude Era. If you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing, security should be... St- you're fighters. If the MMA did it, they wouldn't just let su- one MMA fighter beat the hell out of it, like stomp the others and in- face into oblivion. There'd be security right. and stay and posse and crew members and staff members and fans trying to get in. Like, right. why is it okay for wrestling for us to just be like, man, he's really going to town on him. Ooh, that boy's gonna bust <laughs> open his face. It's like, what is going? Why? What are we? We just and we just watch like we're it, like we're watching somebody get stabbed at a Burger King. Like, no, it's not okay. 
We don't just keep eating your stupid Whopper. Get out of catering and go help them. But yeah, I don't know. Exactly. That just leads to the lack of realism that I complain about all the time. But And I don't disagree with it. Right. <laughs> But all right, well that was well, anything because we touched on almost every match. What uh, what do we forget? What do we um? Was there not a tag match? There was just the mixed tag. Was that the only tag match on the card last night? Yeah, I can remember. Okay, how did you feel about the mixed tag? I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it nearly as much Neither. as I thought it would. I didn't hate it. I mean, it could have been. It could have been worse, and it was yeah. Edge. I mean, and I, think yeah, I can't hate thing anything is- Edge does. Yeah, Edge and Miz. I also, I also really, really loved um, Beth Phoenix's nod to Luna Vachon. Okay, yeah. I don't know if you you caught that. I didn't the, catch the it, but now did. that you're saying it, I can see with like the shaved head and the hairdo and all that. I didn't realize the makeup, that that's what the she shaved was doing. head, the hairdo, and she did the the, the lightning across her face. Okay, yeah. See, I didn't. It just it just went by me. I just yeah. yeah so I really liked head. the nod she did to Luna Vachon. I liked. Um, I, I liked it. it. It was. It wasn't. It didn't stand out to me as like match of the night or even like a major highlight. But it was a good like palate cleanser. Yeah, it, I think it was in the perfect spot too. Like yeah. it was in. An, it was a nice cool down spot. And the greatest thing, which you can, you know, the best thing you can say about any match on the mid card is, you say it could have been worse. Could yeah. it have been better? I don't really like, think ahead. I don't hate anything that the Miz does, except for the the Miz zombies. <laughs> Um, and he and the fact that he did it though from a promoter hat is it, he's a trooper. He will do anything for the company and I for the business and I love that for the industry yeah. for wrestling. He'll do it. Right. I love that. Like I I I think Miz is is great. Like I don't I don't hate the Miz. I'm not one of those guys that goes on and tries to talk shit about the Miz being uh not not, not a wrestler, a, not real a, world guy. Not a wrestler. Like he's like, he's like 15 years in now. Give it up. Like, yeah. okay, that's how he started, think, but he's good now. Like, he's fine I think, now. He's paid yeah, a do I, or I two. Anything, anything you put the Miz in is going, and especially in the mid in a mid card spot, is going to do the job it needs to do. Oh yeah. And when you put him with Edge, Edge is already a superstar. Edge is a legend. It's right. going to be a good program, and it's been a good program. And I, I hope this is it. I hope they don't touch it mania. I want Edge to do something different for Mania. Because mm. if you're gonna utilize Edge at Mania, give it give us some cool dream match. I still really, really want to see Edge versus AJ Styles. That's that's a dream match for me that I haven't okay. gotten to see yet. So that'd be cool if they find a way to build into that for Mania. Maybe even I wouldn't want to see Lashley lose the title yet because he just got it back. But if you're going to use the Elimination Chamber for anything, maybe use it to take the title off of Lashley and put it on to Edge or put it on to Styles and build into something for Edge and Styles as a main event for Mania. I don't know. You know, I love cool. I love that matchup. And what I would say is I would say, given where we are right now and the time we have until WrestleMania, I would say SummerSlam. I think with, yeah. if you start the build now, and you get friction Hell. going, whether and because at summer, if WrestleMania happens, then you got you got to find a way to sort of force it into being a big match, right? Right. But if you Hell. aim for SummerSlam, it could be a mid card match, and it could be as strong of a mid card match as like Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho when Jericho slapped Chris's right. wife or Shawn's wife, right? Like, and even then, even then, I'm just thinking about it now, just wild booking off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Hell, give us Edge versus Lashley for the title at Main. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. I don't see why and that would. Yeah, that would be fun. I can see build, a bad thing about that. There isn't much build you need to do to it. You can do the whole spear versus spear thing. Like it would be, it'd be cool. It'd be a cool match. I've always wanted to see a double spear. 
but that's just me being silly. <laughs> that's just me being silly. But um, no, I think the I think the one the one caveat is from what I've seen out of Becky Lynch, and geez, I've forgotten that Becky Lynch is superb on the mic. If Becky or if, am I saying Becky Lynch? Why am I saying Becky Lynch? Beth Phoenix is who I'm talking about. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, but you'll see where I'm going and why I had Becky Lynch on the mind. If Be- if if Beth Phoenix is back, give her to the women's division, which sorely needs someone back. that talented and that great on the mic. Yeah, ease her into it, right? Put her in the tag match, get her with Edge. There's nostalgia. The crowd obviously loved it, and it's a natural fit. Gets Maurice involved, so for whatever reason, maybe the reality stuff, and it gets that crossover. But if she had a good time and is feeling good and can go, which it looked to me that she can still go is what I saw in that match. That was one of my takeaways is give her to the woman's division because she can really elevate a lot of these younger girls, give them really good solid matches. And on that note, actually I want to ask you a question. I'm seeing rumors of Lita Charlotte at WrestleMania. I, are you thinking that Lita's back? Is that the bo- yeah. is that the word on the street? Because I yeah, hadn't heard I that. But I don't know if she's back. That's the whole thing. It yeah. could be a thing, but it could not be a thing. Right, but yeah. Well, I think we we've about hit our time. Anything else you want to that we didn't touch on in the the rumble that you wanted to touch on, or any of the games, or any anything from the rumble specifically to start no, off? No, I with can that? wait until Thursday. We could we could touch on it a bit more on Thursday. Okay, we will. Yeah, we definitely will. So or Friday, sorry, Friday oh, for good. everybody. Oh, this is Tuesday. This is Tuesday. <laughs> I'm ripping the sign out of your hand, Richie. Because nobody's supposed to know we're taping SmackDown on Tuesday. Do you? Do they even do that in this era? Was that even a thing? No, SmackDown on Tuesdays. It was, but it's not anymore. They even went to doing live SmackDown on Tuesday for a minute. Oh yeah, that's well. That's why I was asking. I'm like, have you even experienced? Was that still a thing when yeah, you were no, watching? It okay, was. you okay, yeah. So you you get my. This is Tuesday. That's a that's a yes. fun joke. That's always been back from the early SmackDown days. This is Tuesday because they would try to say it's live, and someone would always sneak in a fan because wrestling fans are wrestling fans, and so oh, <laughs> this is Tuesday. It's like shut up. Who cares? We know. Shut up. But um, yeah, well, we'll go more into it on Friday. We just wanted to pop in for you guys, give you guys a little bit of a weekend update. But we encourage you to follow us and give us all the likes and reviews and all that good stuff that comes with it. And we're going to, uh, oh, hold on. We got a little, there we are. We got a little little outro music for us, Richie. So we uh, we want you guys to follow us on Spotify. Leave us a. You can now rate us on Spotify. I found out. Did you know that, Richie? Yes, yes, I did. Yes, you can now. It's something new they've done. So give us a five star rating there, or on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can rate us. Please do leave us a review. Let us know what you think, and follow us again. This is the first ever bonus episode, Facebook Live exclusive of the Real Gabe Anders Show. We have to have many, many more. And follow us on Facebook.com slash Anders. Other than that, Richie, I think we are going to head down the dusty trail. Anything else for the people before we get out of here? Nothing that I can think of. We'll see you all Friday. All right. Go Bengals. And we will see you on Friday. Say it again because I think I was talking over you. Go Rams.